Last week, we started a new series in which we're talking about Jesus' kingdom parables. We talked about how when he got in that boat and a crowd gathered around on the beach to listen to him preach, and he began to teach them in parables, afterwards his apostles didn't say to him, thank you, Jesus, for being so clear and teaching us exactly what you meant. In fact, they said the opposite, didn't they? They said, what's the deal with these parables? Why are you talking like that? We don't understand what you meant. Nobody in the crowd understood what you meant. And so we talked last week about why Jesus used parables, that the parables really were a lot like riddles. And they did two things. One, they revealed the truth to those who had ears to hear, and they also concealed the truth from those who did not have ears to hear. And so, you know, I I was thinking about this idea about the kingdom and about these parables, you know, and I'm always asking myself, what is it that we think? And how is it that our thinking needs to be adjusted a little bit to be more in line with scripture? And so I was, I was wondering if somebody was to just ask us, what's Christianity? I mean, suppose, and we live in a unique area, don't we, in the United States anyway, we live in an area, in a community, in a neighborhood, really, where there's a lot of people right in our neighborhood around this church building who don't know Jesus and really don't maybe even understand what Christianity is all about. And so if this week somebody asked you, what's Christianity all about? I just have a couple of minutes. Explain to me what Christianity is all about. We might say something like, well... We've all sinned, we messed up, we sinned against God, we deserve death, but uh, Jesus took our place, he died for us, so if we hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, we can go to heaven when we die. Now, all of those things are true, but, but that's not nearly sufficient, is it? I, I mean, that's, that's skipping over the vast majority of the Bible, Israel. What's that all about? How does that fit into the story if you say Christianity is just about getting saved so that I can go to heaven when I die, which, of course, that's part of it. If that's what Christianity is, well, then how does Israel fit into that? And 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 what part does Jesus himself play in that? What sense does his ministry, what part does his ministry play in that? What about all the things that Jesus said and Jesus taught? Did he just live those 33 years just to be a perfect sacrifice for us? Or was there more to it than that? Are his words actually important or just his death? Is the life that he lived important or just his death and resurrection? Do we need to know and understand and live out what Jesus was actually talking about? Because if we don't understand who Jesus is and what his ministry and his life are all about, then his death isn't going to have the right significance for us. You see, Jesus' ministry was all about the kingdom, wasn't it? And when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, I'm afraid if we think that the Bible is just about get saved so we can go to heaven when we die, then when we hear that phrase, the kingdom of heaven, We think, well, that's where you go when you die, the kingdom of heaven. But when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, that's not what he was talking about. What what Jesus means by the kingdom, kingdom means the reign, the rule of. So when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about heaven 
and heaven's rule, heaven's reign, and the people over whom heaven's king reigns. You know, I was, I was thinking about my favorite Disney movie. My favorite, I got a lot of favorite Disney movies, but I like the, I like the Robin Hood, you know, the old Robin Hood Disney movie and, 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 it struck me how similar that is to what we're talking about this morning. You know, the, the story's about the, the king is gone, and so the prince, Prince John, has kind of taken over the kingdom, hasn't he? In the absence of Richard, Richard has gone away, and, and, and so Prince John has kind of taken over, and, and he's doing bad things, he's taking advantage of the people, and there's all kinds of crime, and there's chaos, and then the king comes back, Right? And Prince John better hide, right? Because now the king, spoiler alert, at the end, the king comes back. So the king comes back and, and, and everybody who's been following the prince and everybody who's been living disorderly and everybody who's been a criminal, they better repent, right? Change. The king is back in town, right? The real king, the rightful king, the lion. And really, that's our story, isn't it? That's the gospel story. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what his ministry is all about, is that God has come back to Jerusalem. God's anointed king is here to rule and to reign. And if you've been walking in the ways of earthly kingdoms, if you've been walking in the greed and the covetousness and the selfishness and the lust and the idolatry and the adultery and the immorality of worldly, earthly kingdoms, you better come out of the darkness and come into the kingdom of heaven, heaven's kingdom of light and life. You see, Jesus is calling people not just to life after death, but he's calling people to true life before death. He's not just giving us a different way, a new way to die. He's giving us a new way to live. He's calling us to a radically different lifestyle, isn't he? He's saying, if you want to be with me forever, then this is the way you live as citizens of heaven's kingdom. That's why our Sermon on the Mount series on Sunday nights is so incredibly important. Because the Sermon on the Mount lays out in very simple, plain terms what it looks like to live as citizens of heaven's kingdom. No more walking in the destructiveness and the sinfulness of earth's kingdoms, but from this point on, living as citizens of heaven's kingdom. That's what Jesus has come to announce. That's what Jesus has come to reveal. And he's sharing with them in these parables secrets. I like a good secret, don't you? And Jesus is sharing with them secrets about heaven's kingdom and what it looks like and who's going to be a part of it and and how to live in it and and how powerful it is and how big it's going to grow and how it's going to change the entire world. And there's two kinds of people. There are those for whom the secrets are concealed and there are those for whom the secrets are revealed. And after Jesus is done telling this parable that was just read for us, well, then his apostles take him aside and say, well, what's that, what's all that about? What's that about a farmer and sowing seeds and some seed falls here and some seed falls there? And so Jesus explains it to them. 
And through Matthew and his inspired writing, he's explaining it to us. So there's the question, isn't it? Even before we jump into the text, do we really want to be a part of heaven's kingdom? Not not sometime in the future. Uh, Yes, I I want to be with God forever. Don't get me wrong. Uh, We're not saying that life after death isn't important because it's incredibly important. But we're talking about right now. Do you truly want to live as a citizen of heaven's kingdom right now? Do you want to follow and know and love and serve and worship the king that has come to reign and rule over us? If we do, then we've got to have ears to hear what Jesus is saying. So let's look at Matthew chapter 13 and verse 18 and listen to his explanation of what this parable was all about. He said in verse 18, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the... What? Uh, that, that's your cue. The word of the what? Kingdom. Okay, because I'm going to ask you later. Okay, that's the pop quiz. The word of the kingdom. Okay? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for the one, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So let's kind of walk through Jesus' explanation there. First of all, who's the sower? And what's the seed? A parable is a, you notice that the, the word sounds a lot like parallel, that they have similar root words. A parable is a parallel story. It's a story that goes alongside the truth so that you can understand the truth by hearing something that's similar to it. And so Jesus is explaining to them this story about a farmer is a whole lot like the truth about the kingdom. They're parallel truths. They're parallel realities. And so who's the, who's the sower and what's the seed? Well, the seed is the word of the... Good. You got good memory. Yeah. The word of the kingdom. And so the sower is anybody who's spreading the word of the kingdom. Anybody that's saying Jesus is the anointed king. Jesus is God come to be king. In Matthew's gospel account, we read over and over again, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message that John, the baptizer, first preached. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2. John comes along preaching to all of Israel, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is John being the sower? Yes. And then pretty soon after that, Jesus, the one to whom John was pointing, picks up the mantle and begins to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. And then Jesus in Matthew chapter 10 sends his apostles out to go to all of the children of Israel and teach them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The heavenly kingdom has come. God has sent his anointed 
king. He has sent the, the son of David, the son of Abraham, as Matthew begins his gospel account. Not only is Jesus the son of David, the Davidic king, but he is God himself come to be king over his people. And the king comes. The forerunner comes. The ambassadors, the apostles go and they say the same thing over and over again. Stop walking in the ways of the world and start walking in the ways of heaven. Start walking in heaven's kingdom ways. Start walking in the way of the kingdom of heaven. Now, now look at how the sower is sowing these seeds. Now, I'm not much of a farmer. I don't know a whole lot about farming, but I, I know that seed, especially then, was probably pretty valuable, wasn't it? And you wanted to be careful where you spread the seed, right? I mean, if you had a field and alongside the field was a path, a road, and beside that maybe with some rocky places and maybe some place with thorns, you'd be careful not to throw it there, right? That, that seed is too valuable to just cast it on the roadside or to throw it in the rocky places or to throw it among the thorns. You'd be very careful where you threw it. But this farmer isn't being careful. He's throwing it, he's sowing it indiscriminately, isn't he? He's just throwing it everywhere. And he's just spreading it wherever he goes. Now, when we understand what the seed is, the seed is the message, the word of the kingdom, right? That the king has come. Hallelujah, Hosanna in the highest. Hail to the king. The king is here. Repent. Stop walking in the ways of the world and start walking in the ways of God's heavenly King. Let Him rule and reign over you. Let Him pardon your sins and let Him command your life. Let Him be your King. I've come to change the whole world. Change the way you live your life. Change the way you see everything. Change the way you treat people. Change the fact that no longer will you live for you anymore. Now you'll live to, to love and to be in harmony, not just with your brothers, but with your neighbors and even your enemies. Jesus says some pretty radical stuff, doesn't he? Telling people love their enemies. Telling people if a Roman soldier says, hey, here's my pack, go a mile with my pack, you go too, Right? Jesus tells them to do pretty amazing stuff. He says, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, don't turn and slap them. Turn and let them slap your other cheek. This is the way of heaven's king. This is the way of heaven's kingdom. Is that the way things look in the world? Is that the way the world works? Is that the way kingdoms of this earth operate? No, of course not. It never has been. It never will be. But citizens of heaven's kingdom are called to a radically different lifestyle. And this message that's sown indiscriminately and the seed goes everywhere, first to Israel and then to the nations, come. Jerusalem has received back her king. The king has come. He's been lifted up, ironically, on a cross. And he's ascended to his throne and he rules and he reigns. He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. That's the message, the word of the kingdom, right? Now, where does it fall? Well, the first place it falls is along the pathway. And you can kind of see what that would look like, right? I mean, a place where people had walked, is that a very good place to sow seed? 
Of course not. I know enough about sowing seed or farming or planting a garden. I know you got to till it up first, right? You can't just throw seed on a beaten down pathway. It's hard. It doesn't stand a chance. It doesn't penetrate. And the birds, they just come and pluck it up. And Jesus says, that's the way it is with so many people. This word of the kingdom, it's gone out to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, the people that don't have ears to hear or eyes to see, and they don't get it. But it's because they've, they've closed off their heart. They've plugged up their ears. They've shut their eyes. Their heart doesn't understand. And then Satan comes and he snatches it away before it even sinks in at all. It goes in one ear and out the other. And church, that's the way it was in John's ministry. That's the way it was in Jesus' ministry. That's the way it was in the apostles' ministry. That's the way it's been in the ministry of the church, isn't it? That we preach the gospel. We tell people, good news, the king has come. He he wants to pardon you. He wants to love you. He wants to take your penalty upon himself so that you can be forgiven and you can walk with God in his kingdom of light and life for eternity. That's the good news offer. And some people said in John's day, in Jesus' day, in the apostles' day, and in our day, I want nothing of it. Right? Because repentance is hard, isn't it? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You can't live in the ways of the world anymore. You can't just seek your sinful gratification anymore. Now we're calling you out of darkness and into light. And that's hard. And some people don't want any of it. Now here's the temptation, isn't it? And here's what too many people have done. They say, well, if the seed won't penetrate, then let's change the seed, right? If the seed won't sink in, let's let's create a seed that's a little more acceptable to people, right? Let's just change it up a little bit. When you plant something other than kingdom seed, you get something other than kingdom citizens. If you want kingdom-minded people, you've got to plant the word of the kingdom. It's not up to you and me to make the message acceptable. It's just our job to preach the message. That's our job. We just say, listen, I love the king. And he has given me the blessed life. He has given me more than I could possibly explain. Let me tell you the story of the king. Sometimes that message is going to fall on a beaten path and it's not going to sink yet. But let me give you a little bit of hope there because some of us have friends and family that are in that position that they don't have hearts to understand. They don't have ears to hear or eyes to see. You know, the Apostle Paul was one of these people that Jesus was talking about, wasn't he? He was a Pharisee. During the ministry of Jesus, even after Jesus died and was buried and rose and ascended and the apostles were going out explaining the word of the kingdom, Paul was a Pharisee who wanted to Shut them up, scare them to death, terrorize them, kill them, put them in prison. He didn't want anything to do with this word of the kingdom. But God got through to him, didn't he? And so this is just a snapshot. It's just saying at any given time, there are going to be people on whom the seed falls and they're not willing to listen. But you don't have to give up on them. Just keep sowing the seed. Just keep sowing the seed because you never know when that might get through to them. Let's kind of skip to the fourth soil. So that's the first soil, and and let's skip to the fourth soil, the good soil, and then we'll come back and cover the two in between. So 
The good soil are those who had hearts that were prepared to receive the message, right? They were, it was tilled ground, it was cultivated, it was ready for seed to be sown on it. And, and that's what some in Israel were. They were ready to receive the message, weren't they? That there were people that were dying and longing for the Messiah to show himself. And when he finally showed up and said, here I am. I am God in the flesh. I am the king. I'm the anointed one. I've come to save you and pardon you. They said, yes, that's the one. The apostles, for the most part, were those kind of people, weren't they? They were good soil. But look, there's a couple things that seem to happen when a soil is good soil. One is that they bear fruit, right? When you plant a seed in the ground, then you you know whether or not it's good, right? Because it grows. And not only does it grow, you can see fruit on it. You say, yes, it worked. It did what it was supposed to, right? If you plant a seed and nothing happens, you don't say, hmm, I'm not so sure. I, don't, I just don't know. I, maybe, maybe. No, it's not working. Something's wrong. Something's broken, right? If you plant a seed, good soil receives it, and the seed grows, and it blooms, and fruit is produced. That's what Jesus expected when he preached the word of the kingdom, that those with good hearts that were willing to listen and willing to hear and willing to understand, that their lives would be changed. He said to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 12, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. See, there's the question. We're not talking about them out there, somebody else, or even the person on the pew next to you. We're talking about me and you. Let's be introspective this morning and ask ourselves, am I good fruit? How do you know? Or am I good soil, rather? How do you know Will you bear good fruit, right? Your life is beginning to take shape. It's beginning to look like the Sermon on the Mount. It's beginning to look like a kingdom life. It's beginning to look like a life where you love your neighbor as yourself. It's beginning to look like you don't retaliate. It's beginning to look like you'd rather pluck your eye out than you would lust after a woman that wasn't your wife. This is the kingdom lifestyle that we're called to. And obviously growth is a process, isn't it? It doesn't happen overnight. You don't plant a seed and the next day it's bearing fruit. But over a time... We should be taking shape. And not only do we bear fruit, but it also multiplies, doesn't it? That's what happens in good soil. It yields not only fruit, but it yields more seed that gets spread to others. And it gets planted again. And it yields multiplication. Sometimes a hundredfold or sixtyfold or thirtyfold. Is that happening in my life? Is that happening in your life? Do more people know about the kingdom of God because you have come to know about the kingdom of God? Has it made a difference in the world because because you came to know Jesus, you told other people about Jesus? Or are you keeping that message to yourself? Good soil brings forth plants that bear fruit and multiply. Now let's look at a couple of the other soils, the kind of the in-betweens, right? You've got the, the rocky soil. What's that like? Well, Jesus says in the rocky soil that the seed is planted and they receive it with joy, but it doesn't have any root. The roots have no place to grow and it endures for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arise on account of the word, immediately this person falls away. 
Now listen, things may be going good for you right now, and there's no persecution on account of the word. For the most part, that's true of most of us, right? In this country, I'm not saying that maybe you haven't endured some form of persecution or hardship because of your faith, but for the most part, it's fairly easy, comparatively speaking, compared to the majority of the world and in the majority of world history, it's fairly easy to live as a Christian. But during this easy time, you got to be digging the rocks out. you got to be growing your roots down deep. You gotta be spending time in prayer and spending time in God's Word, spending time getting to know Jesus so that your roots are so deep and you drink so deeply from the deep waters that when the hardship comes, when the tribulation comes, when the persecution comes, and when it's not so easy, you don't fall away because your roots are down deep. That's what this parable is all about. It's all about being introspective and saying, what kind of soil am I? Am I the good soil? I don't know. When the seed was planted, did it, did it begin to grow? Yes, it did. Well, how about when things got hard? Did you fall away? I don't know yet. I guess you better be working on your roots then, huh? I guess you better be letting your roots grow down deep so that you're not a fair weather Christian. Look at the next one. The thorny soil. And I think this might be the most appropriate for our day and time. Jesus says, here's the soil that The seed's planted, it begins to grow, but it says, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Did you catch that? Did you catch what Jesus said about riches? They're what? Deceitful, right? They're deceitful. The deceitfulness of riches and the cares of the world choke the word and it proves unfruitful. See, it's hard sometimes to be a fruitful long-term, fruit-bearing Christian in a hostile culture and environment. But did you know it's also hard to be a fruitful, long-term citizen of the kingdom of God in a comfortable environment? In a comfortable comfortable environment where people are rich and they're, they're free to pursue the cares of the world, well, then the fruit is choked out. Oh, there still may be a plant there, but there's no nutrients in the soil. They've all been choked out by all of the other interests, all of the other desires, all of the other things that we're chasing. Here's the fact of the matter. You cannot pursue the kingdoms of the world and the kingdom of God at the same time. You cannot chase the things that your neighbors chase and pursue righteousness and holiness and the kingdom of God at the same time. If you buy into the lies, the deceitfulness of riches, if you buy into the cares of the world, it will choke out your good fruit. We need to recognize that, don't we? We need to get the the rocks out so that our roots grow down deep, and we need to get the weeds out. We need to realize where our priorities are and pursue and hunger for and seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. Not buy into the lie that the happy life comes when everything's paid for. The happy life comes when you have this kind of car or this kind of house or this amount of money in the bank. Those are lies. That's the deceitfulness of riches. You can't keep up with the Joneses and keep up with Jesus at the same time. 
If we're going to walk in the light as He is in the light, we've got to give up that other pursuit. It doesn't mean we don't live in the world. It doesn't mean we don't function in the world. It means that we don't buy into their lies. We don't buy into their marketing. We don't buy into the deceitfulness that these things will buy our happiness. we got everything we need in Jesus, right? Everything else is just tools to use in service of our King. Takeaway is pretty simple, isn't it? Be good soil. Be good soil. Let the word of the kingdom, not just, not just go to heaven when you die, but the word of the kingdom, the richness, the fullness of that word, the, the fullness of that message that Jesus is calling you to live a radically different lifestyle. Jesus is calling you to be a part of something that's epic. He's calling you to be a part of a new country, a new nation, a new kingdom over which God himself through his son reigns and rules. And he offers you pardon and forgiveness and grace and mercy and love, but he offers you purpose and direction, guidance, structure, meaning, Will we be recruited to his cause? Will we pick up where the apostles left off? Will we be fruitful and multiply by spreading the word indiscriminately everywhere we go? We can't help speaking about the kingdom of heaven and the good things that God is doing through his son and through his son's people. I don't know about you, but I got some rocks I need to dig out. So my roots grow deep. I got some weeds I need to pull up so that my fruit isn't choked out. Let's help each other. Let's help each other to be the good soil. Let's help each other each and every week, each and every day to let the seed, the word of the kingdom go down deep within our hearts so that we grow good fruit so that we multiply. I want to see, I want to see the Lord's church multiply a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold in this community. I want to see everybody hear the word of the kingdom. We're in this together. If we can do anything to help you or encourage you, maybe you aren't a part of the kingdom of God yet and you're ready to cross over through the waters of baptism out of the kingdoms of darkness into the kingdom of light. And life. We want to help you, encourage you any way we can. Won't you come forward now as we stand and sing?